0: Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
1: Hey, everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. And today I've got Jake Signs on from Atomic Athlete and Atomic Legion. We talk about training for the backcountry or just hunting in general and it is not necessarily for the new hunter so this is kind of some motivation things for trying to stay in shape year round and really good tip that i latched on to uh, that you have to listen for so that and then a really good training program that i started using a couple of years ago haven't used it in about two years but um so maybe that makes me using it one year. No, I think I used it two seasons, but anyway, it's a really good training program that I really liked. And so Jake signs kind of talks about all that program and kind of where it started. So give this a listen. And again, thanks for, uh, all the habitual listeners that are out there every week, downloading, listening, and, uh, hopefully enjoying or get something out of it. So again, thanks and make sure you like, follow, share, whatever. Thanks. Have a good week. All right, Jake, thanks for jumping on podcast with me. Uh, if you would real quick, uh, just introduce yourself, just maybe some of your background. Uh, I, I've, just chatted recently, or very short time with you here, just a little bit about kind of what uh, what your background is and some, some of the hunting, so I'm excited to talk about that. But uh, yeah, introduce yourself.
2: Thanks, Clint. My uh, name Jake Sines. I uh, own two companies down here in Austin, Texas. Uh, one's called uh, Atomic Athlete, primarily a strength and conditioning facility. You have two different gyms. Um, we've you know done a lot of work with military, special operations. Uh, we do live lot of training with local athletes on the combative side, you know, jujitsu guys, grapplers, um, tie fighters, uh, along with plenty of general athletes. And then we also have a company called atomic legion, which is kind of like a firearm slash medical slash preparedness kind of company. Uh, my personal kind of background. Uh, I grew up in Northern California, so was always in the mountains. Really enjoyed it. You know, got forced to Texas uh, with a family move, and went in the military, uh, 98 to 02. Uh, spent four years over in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Got out, went to college. Um, ended up going at one point working for Vela Resorts up in Colorado when I got my degree in business and kind of like rekindled my love with the mountains uh worked a year up there came back and then started what is now the gym or atomic athlete where we you know two different locations we got an online website sales programming and uh do a lot of consulting education and all that and uh got into uh backcountry hunting probably around 2012 Uh, up in uh, the Hoback area, just south of Jackson. Uh, I shot my first elk up there, I guess 2012, 2013, and then have been primarily doing archery elk hunting, um, either in New Mexico, Wyoming, or Colorado since. And uh, yeah, pretty much, you know, that's what I do is, you know, coach, train guys. Uh, We provide online programming for a bunch of different types of athletes and then whenever i can i go to the mountains and hunt or guide trips that are kind of like land navigation based
1: well sounds like you had a once in a lifetime tag last year something and you just briefly mentioned that but i can't glass over that what what happened
2: uh yeah we drew me and a hunting partner we've been hunting together now six or seven years um always archery elk that's kind of our main thing uh, we'll do rifle hunts as well, just kind of as a bonus hunt or to get some extra meat. But yeah, we drew a Valle Vidal tag in uh, northern New Mexico, which is right there adjacent to um, the Vermejo Ranch, which obviously is very, very you know well known if you're into mm-hmm. private land hunting. Uh, but yeah, it's a once a lifetime tag. It's that whole area is not even really a GMU kind of referred to as the Valle Vidal unit. Um, it's kind of like the Yellowstone in New Mexico awesome place uh whenever we apply down there we always throw a hail mary and somehow we kind of hit it last year so yeah went down there uh, we harvested two bulls uh, had a good hunt even though it was hot and a lot of guys were kind of striking out uh that was pretty awesome experience you know uh, a little different than what we're used to we're primarily hunt wilderness areas, so we're used to going in and staying pretty deep and not having to worry about you know four-wheelers, motorcycles, whatever it may be. And this unit's kind of a little bit different, but it was, it was an awesome hunt. We came back with antlers. We came back with meat. So, uh, it was, it was a good time. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. And so let's go back to some of the fitness pieces. What, uh, and being a, a military man that, that pieces added into there, but what started some of your, your, your pathways to getting into fitness?
2: Well, you know, I've always trained, always kind of have been in love with the idea of training and trying to develop the body. And along those lines, obviously develop the mind, you know, mental toughness or whatever you want to call it, grit. Um, And that was one of the things that like, you know, when I finished college, it was like, well, and I started, I had a degree in business. And so you start looking at jobs and obviously a lot of them are like, what's your relative experience level. And and I didn't want to go into corporate America. um, And so I just kind of was like, well, what do I have experience in? You know, I, competitively powerlifted in high school obviously in the military you know did plenty of physical training there and then when i got out it was doing more of the kind of you know the bro style training going to gold's gym you know trying to get as big as possible and i guess it was right around 2007 i got introduced into of all things road cycling hmm. and um uh started hanging out with a bunch of guys who were road cyclists which you know most people think of road cyclists like it's those assholes excuse me it's those guys on the side of the road in tights and they're taking up part of the real estate that my car is supposed to be in (laughs) and surprisingly it was probably one of the most aggressive intense sports i've ever participated in and i I put it above brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments i put it above triathlons and a lot of things i've done and uh it, it what it really did was introduce me to the idea of training versus working out, And so I got to be exposed to, you know, guys who were following very, very structured training programs with big picture perspectives. Um, and then that kind of totally shifted my mentality in regards to like how I deal with fitness versus just trying to be the big, strong looking guy.
1: Sure.
2: And, uh, and then that, that made a huge deviation, not only in my training, um, but also just my mindset. And I think it really also greatly influenced like, atomic athlete and how the company has developed and how our programming has developed.
1: So then in high school and college, it was powerlifting. Was there any other sports you did or is it that I
2: dabbled in track, I dabbled in track when I was younger. Um, But I mean, I mean, really, when you're a young man, you just want to look as big, as strong as possible. You know, you think it gets you far over the ladies. It really doesn't. Girls don't care about that. If you're really just trying to look scary in front of other guys, once you get to a certain age, you realize like how the whole game works, you know? And um, so, yeah, I think I was just infatuated with this whole like GI Joe mindset, you know, just, you know, big, strong, muscular, athletic, intimidating looking and, Uh, the more I got into, uh, a, some of the endurance sports and B some of the combative sports, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and other sports, I realized that none of that really matters. You know, I mean, it's a very kind of vain pursuit that doesn't have much carryover or much longevity. So then I kind of shifted my focus more to like, what am I capable of versus, um, what do I look like I'm capable of?
1: Right. Huh. So interesting pathway. I was just kind of curious as to it, it. it's just all a part of getting to know who you are. Um, so I do want to tease everybody with a little, just to, to stick with us here. We, you do, you have developed something for Hunter. So we'll, we'll be getting to that as a tool, but I do want to focus on, uh, those of us that, that we understand a decent workout. We understand, uh, what elk country is. And, um, so I'm jumping ahead, if, if just figuring out how to, how to get in shape for the mountains, cause you're coming from Texas, uh, is what you're looking for. I mean, yeah, you're going to get something here, but I really want to look at those people who have been going to the mountains every year, or they understand elk and, and what it takes. So like what, um, here's our, here's our issue. We get 30, 60 days ahead of the season and I know what's coming. I can feel that I can visualize my area where I'm going and feels all good. And and when I get in decent shape, my, uh, little up and downs that I got to hit are to get in there are when I, when I, when I'm set up well and I'm feeling good, no problem. Okay. I'll get in there. And then it, I don't feel that incredible burn and stress until there's an animal down and it's a uh, okay i can feel that now <laughs> that's a that, that, that's a different kind of i needed to be ready kind of feeling um a elk is heavy and i i just have this i i don't want to boast or anything but i have a mental toughness that just tells me to just to go and it just pushes myself and pushes and pushes and pushes and, instead of um just doing a, a moderate amount of weight, I way over load my back and uh that's ended up in herniated discs and whatever else. But um so it's I, I get this mindset of just I need to go. And when I'm not in the shape that I really wanted to be in, uh is disappointing. And so for those of us that, that have that idea and we and programs sometimes are geared to that 30 to 60 days ahead of a season Let's start talking about the motivation outside of that. After we get back in September and we go through our November hunts and December hunts and whatever else we got, when we get hit January or we hit, um, that early spring, maybe we take a couple months off cause we got to get caught up on whatever, uh, or not at all. What's the, what's the conversations you have with clients and, and, uh, folks in your circle of, of staying motivated and, and what do you do?
2: You no, know, that's kind of there's kind of two answers to that question. And I think there's two different categories of people. So if we if we kind of address this from the perspective of like, hey, you've been elk hunting, you know what it's like. Um, you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Getting in's not that hard. Um, once you drop camp, hunting's not that hard, your pack's much lighter. Um, it's it's all of a sudden when you have an animal down and then depending on whether it's archery season or rifle season, you may be time sensitive on getting that animal out, especially if you're solo. If you're solo, like now you're looking, you know, 300, 350 pounds, have to get on ice in six hours. And now that's that's a big pill to swallow. If you're slow. if you're a two-man team and you're using horses, a little bit easier, obviously. Um, but I think a lot of times, like especially if you're an experienced hunter, so like let's assume these guys have gone out and hunted a couple of times, uh, it gets hard once an animal hits the ground. It's not that hard on the front side, you know. Right. Uh, a normal day pack's twenty twenty five pounds, and it's like cool. You're hunting fourteen to sixteen hours a day. Hopefully, you're you know staying in the in the woods the entire time and not going back to camp and kind of you know having beers or doing whatever. You know, it's everyone's level of determination and discipline is a little different with hunting, but there is always going to be that aspect of like, Hey, we have to get an animal out and now the work's really hard. So the question is, how do we, how do we train for it? How do we prepare for it? How do we stay motivated? I think half the guys or some of the guys out there now, with this kind of idea of the rise of the hunter athlete, um, they're going to just train like maniacs and probably train a little too hard, a little too often. And they're kind of putting themselves in jeopardy in regards to doing too much. Um, so the, I guess the first concept is for the guys in that category who are like watching the campaigns and watching you know these videos, is that you don't need to train specifically until you're about three months out. Um, of course, you can walk with your pack weekly, uh, with a dog, with a wife, with the kids, whatever. The kids can be riding a bike. Uh, walking with a pack weekly is always a good idea, and it's really not that taxing, but it's keeping you like under load and. You can go everything from long distance light pack walks to, uh, extremely heavy packs, you know, getting the 60 to 80 to hundred. I mean, you've packed out elk before it sounds like, so you can definitely get to 120 140 if you're trying to get it out in one trip pretty easily. Um, and if you're not careful, all it takes is a slip and you're going to hurt yourself, you know? So I've definitely been in that situation where you're like, Hey man, it's dark. We're in heavy timber. There's a lot of downfall. Like we need to drop weight because if we keep going, one of us is going to get hurt, you know? Um, so, I think on the group of guys who are, are on the motivated side, understand that uh, training in January and February and March does not need to replicate what you're going to experience hunting. You just need to continue to train two aspects the metabolic side, which is the conditioning, your you know, aerobic capacity, and you need to train strength. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, schlepping sandbags on your shoulder like you're carrying hindquarters. It does not need to be that specific. It can be in general. And then as you get closer, you know, typically draw results come out, you know, uh, May, June, July, now you're like in that three-month window, and then that's where you shift into the specific training. For the guys who are not super motivated, um, you have to kind of, A, I'd suggest finding something that you enjoy. I mean, mountain biking, you know, I know a lot of guys um, who are, are great hunters, and they're also competitive mountain bikers, you know. So find something that you really enjoy to do, whether that's mountain biking, whether that's Crossfit, as much as I hate to say it, but whatever is going to keep you active that you're interested in, do it. It could be jujitsu, it could be Muay Thai, it could be, you know, Globo Gym, um, whatever it may be, just do something. Don't just stop training because as soon as you stop, it's going to put you way behind. And you also have to balance the idea of desire um, to train, which sometimes it's not always there, with like, hey, like, I, you know, for example, if you go back there with a buddy and you have two tags, an elk goes down, you need to get that elk out and you need to get back in to help your buddy. So, I mean, like when, when me and my hunting partner, if an elk goes down, or we pack out nine, 10 miles, you know, uh, and I'm taking the animal to a processor. I know that, Hey, every day I'm not there calling, cost him, you know, opportunities potentially. So you have to have the ability to be able to go out, have a really long day, get that meat transferred to a processor and then come back in maybe 10, 11 PM at night and walk back in six, seven, eight miles, you know, if it needs to be. So I think the guys who aren't motivated to train have to really balance out the the question of, well, do I want to do this or do I need it? The bottom line is, you know, if you want to be a good team leader and you want to be in the back country and help your buddy harvest milk, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do sometimes. So yeah. I think there's a balance there.
1: So you said something that, that raised a question with me, training too much. Uh, you've got the, uh, the, the guys that are just training and training and training. Is that, are you saying that in a psychological, uh, a f- it, it concern or, uh, physical?
2: Uh, I would say it's more of a physiological aspect, right? So, um, the bottom line is like you have two. when it comes to training and just the body in general, there's kind of two aspects, right? You have, you have like. Your brain, your mind, your motivation, which I usually equate to a driver, and then you have your body, which I equate to a vehicle. And you can be a really motivated driver and push your vehicle beyond its limits, and just it was just going to burn up on you. So kinda, that's kind of that's kind of the hard aspect of this conversation is uh, there's people who are going to be on both ends of the spectrum who hunt and hunt successfully. And you're going to have the guys like there's a lot of other companies that are like, hey, it's all about mental toughness. And and like the bottom line is it's like, hey, you know, from my experience of coaching professionally for now 13 years and owning two different gyms and training thousands of athletes, including lots of military special operations guys, is that you have to kind of tailor the programming and like how you're training based on the individual. You can have guys that have this idea and this mindset that more is better. I'm going to do more, more, more. But at a certain point, the body's like, nah, it doesn't matter how bad you want it. The body's going to give up. And, you know, obviously, we've all, you know, people on social media post things, show things. I did this. I ran to my leg. My bones broke, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, everyone, knows, everyone knows Cam Haynes. And I mean, he's a total beast. But, you know, for every guy like Cam Haynes who ends up being successful, it's probably 12, 13 guys, if not more, who have like seriously hurt themselves and like couldn't even hunt because, they had stress fractures. Uh, they had overuse injury. And so one of the aspects that we really teach, especially in our programming seminars with military guys, it was like, hey, you need to do as much as possible to prepare, but not too much to where you go in there with a potential injury. Because if you're on a, a hunt or a military selection, for example, and you got this one little hitch that you know has been developed because you've been going a little too hard, that, that hitch will become exposed and and it's going to cost you in the long run and the thing is you don't hear any glory stories on social media about the guys who train their asses off for 10 months and did a super high volume and they went into a hunt with a stress fracture and they couldn't actually finish the hunt because they were so jacked up so there is that balance of like hey you need to train you need to train smart you need to train hard but you you have to understand that a body does have its limits you know
1: yeah and I I heard his story recently just about how he, he uh, campaigns, he literally doesn't sleep, he doesn't sleep. And it's a early, early mornings, like when he has his long, long days of training for an adventure race, it's like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning going for a run. And then it's getting up and he goes to work and then he runs during his lunch break and then he comes home and he runs and then he sits and has family time. It's like, yeah, there's no recovery time in there. Yeah. And,
2: and I, it's like, it's, I always use this example of like, for every successful person you heard using this model, like how many failed? And that's the question. And, and it's like now after coaching so many people, it's like, you know, Oh, well, like a marathon training program. It's like, well, I just did this and it's like, okay, well, you're one of the few guys who didn't get hurt doing that protocol. You don't hear from the guys who get hurt doing it, you know? And same thing happens in military selections. And uh, there's just, you know, you see this one figure and, and like, I mean, Cam Haynes is a total animal. I mean, he does ultras. He does, you know, 100 plus mile races. Um, I'm not sure how his quality of life is or how well he moves when he's not warmed up. But I know at least my, me personally is, you know, getting my 40s now. Uh, it takes a lot longer for me to, to warm up. And what happens is, you know, I want to continue to hunt until I'm 60. And so I don't want to, or maybe even longer. I don't want to like sacrifice that longevity right now to, try to be like two or three levels higher than i am in the mountains right now because as as of right now you know i hunted out west for i guess nine years i've harvested nine elk um i've never been held back by my fitness and granted when i was younger and more motivated to train i trained a lot more i trained a lot harder but as my skill developed in the woods my uh my success rate went up more based on skill as opposed to fitness and, and just moving over ground. You know, it was like, Hey, like, do we need to move right now or do we need to sit? Like, should we move on that bull right now and just charge in or should we sit and wait? And so it's kind of like, I guess I've kind of, me and my hunting partner, both were very physically oriented on the early side. And now we've kind of been like, okay, let's, let's play this smart. Let's not just charge in there, blow the hunt, and then go find another bull and then blow that one and then find another bull and then blow that one. Let's let's try to sit and think and have a little more strategy and think about like, hey, how actually kill this one bull? And and we've had a better success with it lately, you know? Hmm.
1: So Well. Yeah, you need to up your goal to like 80 because <laughs> I, I had yeah, a, uh, I, yeah, I had a, <laughs> I had a guest on, uh, I, I, it's so many episodes ago. I can't even think of who it was, but he just this year, he sent me a video or a picture of him with his longbow killed a five point bull in Colorado this year. And he's pushing 80. Um, oh, awesome. he, he awesome. and he goes in five miles, but and at 80, he's got horses that are helping him in in out yeah. and, and dropping him off and then coming to getting it, getting him which heck yeah, 80. <laughs> I don't, there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with doing that at 30. Uh, you know, I
2: have no beef calling a horse. No. All. Like, especially no. If, I have, if i have a second tag to fill with a, a hunting partner. It's like, no, like, come, I'll pay you the 300 bucks, come get the milk and I'm going to keep hunting, you know?
1: Yeah. So it, him and then there's another guy that was working with the boat, Colorado Boating Association. I mean, he was – Seventy-five too, and he he'd be still out archery hunting. So, and I had asked that that gentleman, the older one, just kind of what it's like. What do you do? And he said, just a little strength training, not a lot, but just a little strength training. And uh, my my dad has fallen in love with elk hunting. Uh, a little later in life, he's had some experiences as an adult, but really fell in love with the archery elk hunting, and and he's. 66 this year we couldn't go can't go this year um but we went a couple times in the last three years and we're going again next year and the year after that and and uh he he's 65 he can't he can't do brazilian jiu-jitsu that would break him um, he can't
2: yeah. uh <laughs> it breaks you in your 40s too trust me <laughs> uh, I, i'm
1: sure i'm sure i i I was, I was a wrestler and i that's probably my next step is is some Br- little brazilian jiu-jitsu i've i've messed her i've invited been invited to a couple of gyms by buddies and tried it and thought it was cool i really enjoyed it thought it was neat and uh and i guess a couple episodes ago with colin control i just had on he said the same thing and invited me or said you gotta you gotta get on that's your that's your avenue and i got a couple of guys at work uh that that do it and there's a gym literally on my way to work i pass it every single day uh so there's some there's a really good gym here that has that possibility it's just uh, a couple of things that are holding me back so uh family yeah, things I, I related but
2: and that that kind of ties into like hey like just staying active right it's um it's it's really easy to get caught up in life you know and it's like you know april may june and then like july it's like oh man like i'm i'm eight weeks out from archery season you know, it's like, damn, I got to start shooting my boat. I need to start up the broadheads. I got to you know, tune the broadheads. I need to start practicing calling. So now all of a sudden you're just hitting this wave of all these like specific things, which I, a lot of them play an equal part in the hunt. You know, like I said, I mentioned earlier that fitness has not held me back, but granted, I own a gym and I would say I'm definitely above average fitness level, Um but I think the one thing about fitness is like, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. Like, you just need to do it, not only to be successful in the mountains, but just for your general health and well being. And it's not that hard to like keep a moderate level of ability. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's like, hey, like go to the gym maybe once a week. Um, do push up, do a strength endurance or a muscular endurance workout, kind of like what you saw in the EXO program. You know, do, do that once a week walk with your pack and then ride a bike or um, go for a run, right? It can be as simple as that, like things that you enjoy or if like you like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? It's like every up beforehand is going to be 10 or 15 minutes. You know, you're going to do some technique work. You're going to do some sparring afterwards. That's going to be basically got like a high intensity and, you know activity. It's like it's going to keep you, keep you at least the point where like you're not starting from scratch come June or July. If you just take four or five months off, and you start from scratch, you're going to be way behind. Because additionally, if you're coming from Texas, for example, we have heat, but we don't have elevation. So I, a great example was two years ago, my hunting partner turned 45. He went and ran like a 52-mile race in August in Texas for his 45th birthday. And so he was like Jack, He's like, dude, I'm going to crush the mountains this year. Hmm. He got up there. He was breathing just as hard as I was because there's no substitute for elevation or climbing. You know, I mean, you can run circles in Texas all you want in the heat. And although you have like the mental toughness to kind of like grind through long sessions, you your body is not adapted to hunting at you know our bread and butter zone seems to be like ten five to eleven five is where we you know and. Once you get to like you know 11,000 feet, like you're huffing and puffing. Doesn't matter how many, if you're coming from Florida, you know uh, Missouri, Illinois, Texas, like like altitude is going to impact you, and so it can be kind of frustrating to get up there. And usually, it takes us about eight or nine days before we kind of flip switch and it's like, hey, grind at 11,000 feet the same way we grind, you know, in Texas or you know, at sea level. So I think it's one of those things where you know fitness, fitness is something you can control. And you, could, and you could pick how you want to do it year-round, and if nothing else, it's, it's going to help you hunt, but it's also going to make you live longer, be more capable, and just be a better human being in general. So it, it's one of those aspects that you should all. do If it's two days a week, it's two days a week. If it's four or five days a week, even better, but you just got to do something.
0: Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt.
1: thing or your your training program that is designed for the the mountains you get bored with it i mean it's still hard but you're getting it's getting it's i gotta do that thing again and then it's repetitive i i love i'm odd i like change i love change i like doing things i hate routine um to a point um and, and so that gets really hard for me to to do i know what's coming I would rather have something that's a little different every single day. Uh, And that's what this is where I was thinking of. Um, And I really like this idea. And that's going to be the main focus of even the description of this podcast, just around doing something that you enjoy in that offseason is to really then uh, keep that motivation up. And I was thinking about some of my high school kids that I coached for wrestling, and we were always trying to. Okay, develop in my lesson, my practice plans. How can I get my kids to peak at the right time? We have this week in February that they have to peak right here. And I would see it all the time. A kid would peak too early. He would um, never see if they peak too late because season's over. But we're trying to peak at that right time, whether that was through November of just grinding out with conditioning uh and december was loaded with lots of technique and january we're like okay we're in shape but yet we need to maintain and now let's just keep working on our mistakes and and continue on to okay here's our big goal september or in that case it was february for the state tournament Uh, and just trying to figure out how to peak and i kind of made that connection as you were talking of we have to peak in, in not necessarily peak but be at our at a high level in that september and we're working up towards that so i really like that that idea of um and that practice of just doing something that you like and you're you're maintaining you're keeping that heart level or you're raising your heart level um you're you're getting some exercise you're you're not regressing a long ways and gaining a lot of weight or if that's what you do or um just losing that losing that muscle mass or strength and, and everything so i don't know is is that in my way in left field or is that something you've thought up as well
2: no i think a lot of people a lot so there's kind of like two things there's there's like basic programming and high level programming right and so for most people they have to understand that there is three aspects of programming or training for lack of a better word and that's going to be volume intensity and frequency okay volume is how much work you're doing um if you're thinking about like developing your energy systems and your cardiovascular ability it's like okay how much time or how many miles or how much distance am I training right Um, on the strength side of things like what's your total volume looking like rep wise um then we talk about intensity and so like volume will dictate how much adaptation you get from training so like for example if you went and ran a mile on monday wednesday friday then you did three miles a week if i went and ran three miles monday wednesday friday i did nine so there's a good chance that i'm going to get more out of my program than you are because i'm doing three times the volume um then you have intensity uh in in regards to like let's say running for example it's how fast do you run in regards to weight training it's how heavy are you lifting relative to your ability um that's going to determine what type of of adaptation not how much but what type so obviously if you're doing push-ups you're getting different type of adaptation than if you're doing heavy singles or heavy doubles on bench press the third aspect is frequency how often are you doing it so let's just say for example that same analogy i used a minute ago if you do three miles monday wednesday friday and then i just do nine miles monday you're probably going to get more out of it because you're hitting that that same type of training at a higher frequency so by the time your body is making adaptations you get another dose you make more adaptations you get another dose you make more adaptations versus just like hitting it really hard one day and you make adaptations and then you're kind of like hanging out for a bit nothing's happening so your body's like well i'm just going to go ahead and dump those and it's going to go away so there's always a bet. your muscles don't understand exercises they don't understand miles they understand how hard am i working and for how long And how often am I doing it? That's all they understand. So people like to always pick, like, what's the best exercise? What's the best methodology? And we always have this conversation when we work with military guys. We're like, hey, man, we're not teaching you how atomic athlete programs. We're teaching you how to program. So the programming we do in our gym is specific to our athletes. If you want to go to special forces assessment and selection, you have a different program, and it's going to be very different than what we run in the gym you want to go kill elk in the backcountry and you're going to go in 10 miles with a backpack and you got to potentially pack out 300 plus pounds of meat we're going to ride a totally different program it's not going to look anything like what we do in the gym and so i think people have to understand that there is no best exercise or best this or best that it's like hey how do we manipulate these variables volume intensity and frequency to accomplish what i want to accomplish right and so for example like you know me and you might be backcountry hunters we might be hiking into wilderness areas. The demands for us are going to be a lot higher than, you know, Joe from Louisiana, who is going to hunt from a truck two or three miles from camp. Right. You know, and he's got four wheeler. So it's like you have to really kind of take into consideration, like what kind of hunter you are. Um, what am I trying to accomplish, and like, how fit do I need to be? Because I mean, a lot of guys that I've take, i have taken hunting in the past, they're like, "Dude, this sucks. I do never ever want to do this again." With you. <laughs> and so, because it, it's like, like, hey, man, I'm going back here for a specific reason, and I'm willing to do A, B, and C. But like, if they're just going along for the ride, they might not be willing to do that, even regardless of how mentally tough they are in the gym. If they don't have the desire to do what you're doing, then it's not going to work out well for them. So I, I think, you know take a step back from all the common stuff you hear about like best exercise for hunting or the best this. And like, Hey, when you're in January, February, March, April, just do something. Just, I mean, you can buy a program from us. You can do random bodybuilder work and go for long walks with your backpack. You can mountain bike three times a week. Like long as you're doing something to develop the metabolic side and the muscular side, like you're going to be ahead of the curve.
1: I just want to go with the elk are. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did. And the
2: thing is, the past couple of years, like our hunts have been so easy because, like, we've just gotten better at finding them and better at killing them. And it's like, man, like, like, it's you know, if you have those things dialed, then the physical aspect really doesn't quite matter as much. But if you don't know where those things are, and that's what oh, most yeah. guys struggle with, yeah. I think, like, If you don't know where elk are. And you're gonna have to put some miles on. You're gonna have to grind and grind and grind until you hear that bugle, and then and then it's like okay, now like phase one is complete. I found them. Now I have to kill one. You know?
1: Yeah, I have been motivated by a, a little quote from Remy Warren lately. He says, "Go the right way, not the easy way," and I yeah, yeah. I I really like that because he says he, he's explaining how, and he always talks about how he never gets winded. Like he he just plays a win right. And he I I think there's there's gotta be some little bit of bending the truth there. I mean, come on. (laughs) Everybody gets winded. Uh,
2: I I think it's like what and that's something that's when the when wind shifts, it's totally out of yeah. control, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. you could be walking and you're like, man, this is golden. Like you're moving, like he's are he's responding. And then like, you're walking, you're walking, you're, you're, you're like hundred yards out, you set up and then all of a sudden you feel that wind hit your neck and you're just like, Oh God, please no. And then just boom. Like you just get busted, you know? And yeah. it, it's one of those things like you can, I don't care how fit you are if the wind's wrong and you're not setting up correctly, you're going to get busted. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just, you know, so it, it is a balance. I mean, I think at, when I first started, when I first wrote that program for EXO um, in the back country podcast or whatever it was, uh, we had talked about it and I explained so much things and I was like, man, like, I just, I don't know if guys are going to be able to like walk away from this and actually like have something tangible that they can like execute. And so I was like, Hey, this is going to be like, this is worst case scenario. You have not done anything. And like you have four weeks and you just realize like, Hey, I'm not ready. Like do this. Cause this is going to be better than whatever you're probably going to come up with, you know, shooting from the hip. Um, and a lot of people, I said like, Oh, I technically you could do this back to back. And I didn't realize this, but a lot of people were emailing me and they were like, well, I've done it four times in a row. I go, no, 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 <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, sure, you're supposed to do general training and then shifting a specific training as the event comes closer, and so there's there's better ways to do that than just you know doing jump lunges with your backpack again and again and again, right. <laughs> because the idea like you know like for example it's kind of a higher volume program and and you're going to develop um, overuse injuries you know from doing the same thing again and again and again at a high vo- at a high volume, and so you have to like you know, modulate your training. You can't just do the same thing every day. Um, like even if we used the example earlier about mountain biking, like if your bike is not set up correctly and you're clipped in, um, you can develop, you know, knee and ankle issues from having a poor fit on your bike. And, um, so anytime you do something excessively, you always be like, Hey, am I doing this right? Am I, you know, yes, I can be developing fitness, but I could also be developing an overuse injury and in, well, my joints.
1: I think that's what Biden had when he fell off his bike. <laughs> it's just, just weak ankles <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or the fact that he's 85 years old i don't know but yeah. uh moving on to <laughs> i think this is a good segue though into this program that you wrote um and, and i i just wanted to, to highlight it and, and go right to the source because i enjoyed it uh i really enjoyed it uh got to really spend some time starting in I, I, we talked about this earlier, I don't know, 2019, or I just feel maybe it was 2020, because it was one of those things where I found it then, and uh, had some time, and I was in the garage, and I through the summer, time to make my tire to drag, and then... I uh, had things to step up on and I had a XO pack. I love the packs. I love the company and I love their yep. extra resources in there. So give us a little background on or or structure talk as to what this program is that you did with them.
2: Yeah, so you know, I first did the podcast with Mark and we were just kind of talking about, you know, training and, and at that point I think I had written a program yeah, the program has already been in existence because, you know, in my earlier days of hunting, like, you know, 2014, 15, 16, you know, I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm going to try to apply this programming knowledge specific to, like, hunting. And and one of the, I think the closest, the closest sport to, like, backcountry hunting would be mountaineering. Um, so, like, you know, bagging big peaks, you know, especially if you're, you're having to use used. Mixed climbing with ice tools and crampons and all that, and and that kind of I kind of learned that from being in the Jackson area and working around a lot of the guides from, uh, Exxon Mountain Guides who would take people up the Tetons, right? They take them up the Grand. They would guide, and it was kind of interesting because they weren't very good gym athletes. And so when you think of gym athletes, you think of like you know like CrossFit level athletes who are competitive regional games level. Think of guys who can move excessive amounts of weight, and they're very explosive, um, kind of like in the field sport world, of, like football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but these athletes were, I mean, they were monsters in the mountains. Like, they would, like, just run up these mountains. And in the gym, it was kind of like, yeah, you're kind of lanky and skinny, you know, and you can't really move much weight. Like, are you a good athlete? And then it really kind of dawned upon me that, like, hey, like, you're a good athlete. That, that question is specific to the environment and specific to what their endeavor is. So there's so many similarities between them. And I think there has been this mis misconception with training and like, I mean, I don't want to go back to campaigns, but you see campaigns getting all jacked in the gym, right? You know, and yeah. it's like, yeah. and it was like, man, like, I'm sorry. Like, i i have a maxed out matthews bow and there's no problem pulling it back i don't have to do heavy single arm rows to pull my bow back you know so like but really what it comes down to is like hey can you just move over ground that's the challenge can you move over ground with external load very common in mountaineering very common in military selections right so that program was kind of designed around a couple of concepts one can I move for an extended duration? Cause anyone who's been in El County knows it's most likely going to take a couple of days. If not my first archery bull took me 27 days. So it, it, it is an endurance event, you know, unless you're just really good or hunting private land, then it could be a 24 hour event, you know? Uh, sure. but for most of us, most of us, it's going to be at least a couple of days. Um, and the better you get, the shorter that window gets, but, Uh, So being able to move over ground under load, that was the primary aspect of that component. The second aspect was uh, muscular endurance or strength endurance, whatever term you want to use. The ability to like repeatedly exert effort and, and have as little fatigue as possible. And that really comes down to going uphill. So you have your energy system of like, hey, I just need to be able to work for a long period of time. And then you have the muscular side where it's like, I need to be able to go up this hill over the ridge, can have a controlled descent down the backside. And then repeat that process again and again and again anyone who's packed out a hind quarter up a hill knows exactly what i'm talking about so that was the big primary components like muscular endurance aerobic capacity the ability to go up and down repeatedly day after day and then obviously we threw in some uh other aspects we threw in some resilience work for the calves we threw in some low back work you know if you're carrying a pack extended duration uh, we threw in some core work using the pack and and the program is really designed to be like, Hey, no excuses. Like if you're going hunting, you have a backpack, pick a load that's appropriate to your ability. And here's four weeks of training. Uh, I should say 20 sessions of training. Um, you could do it five days a week. Take you four weeks. If you go down to four days a week, it'll be longer. Three days a week, it'll be longer. But like, Hey, knock out this program. No excuses. You don't need anything, but water bottles and a pack in open space and it's like hey this is gonna put you in a better place so that when you do get up there like you're not just gonna show your ass
1: yeah and I uh, he, he kind of touched on that for a sec but what are some of that those pieces of equipment that you needed for or need for this
2: so I mean all you had to have was um, the backpack and like a water bottle basically full of water for like some of the resilience exercises and, and that's not like a deal breaker or like a must. Um, we always suggest, uh, a tire. Uh, we actually initially used drag, tire drags for athletes with low back injuries. Um, who couldn't squat? I mean, hey, I, I can't squat. I can't load my spine. You know, I have a bulging disc or a herniation, whatever it may be. So we started using the tire in both a forwards and backwards manner to kind of help those athletes. And one day I just went out and worked with one of the athletes and I was like, holy, like, this is like, this is like going up a mountain, you know? And so mm-hmm. now it's probably one of our favorite. Um, favorite modality is not only for developing conditioning, but also strength. Cause I mean, basically the more weight you put on the tire, then the more taxing it's going to be on your legs, you know, and going forwards and backwards, you kind of hit different muscle groups. But if you're not in hilly or mountainous terrain, uh, having a tire, it's super cheap. It's super easy to build. You can find it on our blog. Um, you can just go to any tire shop. And be like I want an old tire, get an old tire for free, go to home Depot, buy an old eye bolt, a washer and get a strap. And basically, just drag that thing. It can be on pavement, it can be on grass, it can be on gravel. It doesn't really matter. Um, Put enough weight on top of it to where it's hard to move it, and then just start grinding. And that's probably one of the best exercises that I have found to kind of replicate going uphill. Um,
1: I would totally agree. Totally agree. I did it. I did that all for free. I I I found just stuff around an old ratchet strap so i had a big waist belt i had a a retired carabiner from my climbing days and then i had uh whoever the previous landowner had ditched a tire over buried under the ground so it was an old truck tire i dug that out the only thing i had to find was like okay on gravel here the tire moves too easy so even even a cinder block wasn't enough i needed to put on like a hole it was a hunk of concrete on there and then yeah yeah it sucked It, it but like in a good suck because it wasn't that long um where it was just long enough to to like i am climbing that steep little chunk (laughs) as that steep little chunk and then i move on to my next thing so there it it leveled out i hit a bench and now i'm kind of hiking and then i go back to that rep of of climbing that steep thing and oh here's a bench uh so i i honestly really like that um i haven't done it in this house here where i'm at now got to find out how i'm going to do that um I'm sure I'll get some looks from the 80 year old. My, oh, yeah. I think the average
2: People age. look at you weird.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've had comments, but whatever. Uh, and my my neighbors, I think uh, mean 770. <laughs> That's how old they yeah. are. Yeah, it's a basically a retirement community, and I just got in. Uh, but yeah, so it's I would agree 100. Um, percent And then wasn't there? And because I'm, it's been a little bit too uh some box work
2: yeah so we uh, there was a couple of modalities that we use for like what we call specific training one was the tire drag two was rucking three was step ups and um i mean step ups are, are pretty common the downside of the step up like the more i've done them and over the years i've kind of liked them a little bit less and less because what happens is because you're alternating and you're stepping down you don't get that same what you know, in the technical term would be a concentric burn um that you would get from like riding a bike on a heavy gear where it's just like left right left right up 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 sure. it's kind of on a step up you go up and then down and then up and down and so even if we use like a high volume you know whatever maybe may be a thousand step ups per your time or something like that like your quads really don't quite hold you back the same way that like a traditional Let's just say you got to go up and over a ridge, and it's like you know a thousand to two thousand you know feet of gain. Um, there is no break on going up that you know thousand foot elevation change. Like it's like just burn, burn, burn. So that's why I, I like the tire and kind of lately I've really been liking um, whether if you have a mountain bike that's awesome, but if you don't got a mountain bike then or a road bike even for that matter, uh, using a bike on a really heavy gear setting. So I know like Concept Two is made they make the rowers traditionally. Uh, they have a bike now and their bike is awesome because you can throw that dampener way up high, get you on know, like an 8, 9, or 10, and you're just in that slow, heavy grind and your quads are burning the same way you would when you go uphill. So I've kind of, as we've, you know, kind of done the program and that modality a little bit more, I've kind of fallen more in love with the heavy cycling over the step-ups because it has that same concentric burn. Hmm.
1: I like that. I haven't dug my bike out in a long time because I don't like biking. <laughs> Yeah,
2: if you live if you live in a good spot, I mean, this is. I do. I'm also, yeah, I'm also addressing this from like a flatlander perspective. I mean, if you live somewhere that has hills, best thing you can do is just go walk in the hills. Like, I'm sorry, like no matter how good your programming is or whatever kind of crazy methodology you're using, the best thing you can do is the activity, and the activity for hunting is walking in the woods under load. So, if you live in Colorado, which you know, hopefully I'll be up there in the next six to 12 months, it's going to be one of those things where, like, I'm just going to walk every day for an hour to three hours. To put my pack on, grab my dog, and I'm just going to go in the mountains and walk. And and that, hands down, is the best thing you can do to get ready for hunting. It's the same activity under load, 20, 25 pounds. Every now and then, maybe throw a lot of weight on there just so you're like, hey, I'm going to try to replicate today, like packing out elk, so 60, 80, 100 pounds, whatever it may be, whatever you're comfortable with. Could add a progression in there where it's like, hey, I'm, you know, two, three months out. I'm going to start week one, 60 pounds, week two, 65, 70, 75, 80, and just continue to build up in weight. Um, That's the best thing you can do. You know, I know a lot of guys who don't do any of this specific stuff but they live in leadville or other places and all they do is spend time in the mountains and they're total
1: monsters yeah i got national forest about 20 yards from my front door here and about 150 200 foot climb straight up or not straight up but like a perfect level and then i can get up and go wherever and there's not it's not trails at all it's just deer trails so it's kind of kind of nice to to have that and Neighbors don't care if I just cut through their yard and up I go right through the end of the national forest.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. You so, know, that's I mean, take your, take your bow with you, take your calls with you, you know, and kill a couple of birds in one stone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's, uh, kind of wrap things up a little bit, but I, we've kind of talked about the free resource that you put out there with EXO, but kind of what, what other things do you have in the works that people can, uh, utilize because, I'm sure I have a very small listening base in Austin. Um, I'm sure I got someone there, but uh, that could literally come to your gym. But how can someone in uh, California use what, what you're putting out besides this this workout? Do you got anything else? That you-
2: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our website is actually is, uh, e-commerce driven. And so we sell a ton of programs online. So we all, obviously we have the gyms locally. Um, the website's actually set up more for, uh, like online athletes and we have, you know, hundreds of athletes from all across the country, um, that do our programs, whether it's military selections by our best-selling program, which actually has a lot of carryover to the hunting side. You know, it's very basic strength training protocols with a lot of aerobic capacity and a good amount of rucking. So the military programs do great for hunting. Um, we have the ultimate predator, which is a three month hunt prep program. So if you're hunting rifle season, then, you know, we got July, August, September. Great time to knock that out. Um, uh, pretty soon on the uh, the Legion side, we'll be releasing a, uh, a land navigation online course. Um, so, like, for example, next weekend going up to Western Colorado Flat Tops Wilderness, actually. I'm taking 12 guys up there on a backcountry navigation trip. And then I go over to Medicine Bow, Wyoming, and we're taking uh, 12 females on a backcountry navigation trip. So, that's something that we kind of do in the gym to good excuse for me to leave texas because it's like a hundred and something degrees right now yeah and then uh also also kind of expose our athletes to something that I, I personally love and anyone who hunts loves which is wilderness areas you know so getting back there they're learning how to use map and compass they're doing triangulation you know bearings. they do all the good old old school land map stuff and and also kind of a backpacking trip where you know they're usually out for five days and four nights and a lot of that information from those courses has now been pushed over to like slides and online learning platforms. So yeah, we'll be releasing that pretty soon. It's pretty exciting. And but yeah, if you need a program, obviously go to our website. Um, but you know, if you listen to this podcast or any other podcasts that we've done, you can get a pretty good idea of like, Hey, you know, I need to train strength probably twice a week. I need to develop my energy systems uh, aerobically and anaerobically at least twice a week and, and hopefully carry a pack once a week. And if you do those, those three things then you're going to be better off than most
1: hmm. well there you go simple recipe for success and and uh i think you put it put it pretty simply yeah uh, and i i got a couple things from this so i'll, I'll uh, put a bunch of that in the show notes there down below and and the website link for for people to to click on anything else you want them to click on
2: uh, no, not specifically. I mean Perfect. obviously uh hope you enjoy the podcast. You know, if you guys know about XCO Mountain Gear, great packs, I use their packs. Um, and then yeah, just you know, get out there. It's kinda like brushing your teeth sometimes. You don't want to do it, but you just gotta just gotta do it. You know yep.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks Jake for your time and and uh, I'll let you get back to your evening.
2: Thanks, man. No,
0: no, I appreciate it. My crown, this is God.